0: All right, episode 166 with Dean Guido is about to begin, and this interview was a lot of fun. Dean and I just, you know, sparks flew, and the conversation flowed like wine on a Friday night, and funny story before I begin, I actually met Dean at a conference that I hosted at my gym, and when he added me on Facebook, I was like, oh, who's this guy? I've never seen this guy before and uh, quickly learned that we actually met. So kind of embarrassing how we met and connected online, but I'm super pumped to have him on my show. And he has his own podcast as well, and he's also a fellow Canadian. And you know what that means. This show is just going to be pure gold because Canadians are awesome. So without further ado, here is Dean and I chatting about the industry, empathy, and how not to sell yourself out, and finding meaning to your career as a personal trainer. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafał Matuszewski, and joining me today is Dean Guido. Say hello. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. And you got it right. <laughs> awesome. You literally
1: just talked about it, but I still thought maybe you might screw it up.
0: <laughs> Com- complicated names, but... Um... Totally random. Have you ever watched a Jersey Shore? Oh, yeah. Like, that's... Okay.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like, my nickname was always Guido. So, if you don't... If you're listening, it's G-U-E-D-O. Yeah. Who knows how to say that? And it's actually French. I don't oh, know. Okay. I think it actually said Guido. I just learned that recently through some family members. But Guido was... My nickname growing up, and then when Jersey Shore came out, it was just so much easier to go with that because, like, <laughs> yeah. I had so many conversations there. Just like, yeah, you're Italian, yeah, full on, yeah, you're Guido. You
0: know. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. it's great. Um, so, I always like to start to show with some like easy questions just to get things going. So, the first yeah. one is, what you got planned for the weekend?
1: The weekend, actually, right after I'm done training here, after this, we're going out to Invermere, so just in BC, there, kind of where the fires were at or are at. Um, we're just doing camping, so we're doing car camping for all well, the long weekend
0: and hiking and paddleboarding and nice. stressing nice. ourselves
1: out by not getting good sleeps. So that would be great.
0: <laughs> yeah, because now, like out here in BC, we got a couple, a couple days of rain, so like the forest fires have kind of like settled because the smoke was super bad oh. for the last couple weeks. Well, and we were in Kelowna, oh, geez. like bit,
1: like during August long or like the weekend before, and then I was there in Sycamus for about a week, and the smoke was really bad in Kelowna, and then it subsided because it blew out, and then we traveled back home, and then we just got hit with it for like two Jeez. weeks. It's like horrible.
0: Like my clients are like all coughing. It's I don't know. It's it's not so here in Canada. Yeah, like the last I think was it two years now, like. BC's freaking fire situation is just out of control. Like, I was in Kelowna... Was it last weekend? Yeah, I think it was last weekend because I decided to go do my rock tape certification. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, a certain part of the highway where you can either, like turn right to go to Summerland, Peachland, Penticton, or go to Kelowna, and usually you could see, like, all the mountains and the lake, and it was just, like, the meridian so you don't fall off the highway, and then just grey. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was so like, weird.
1: It looks like a zombie movie. Like, that was yeah. the best day, like, even, like, in, like, Logan. Remember Logan? when like Yeah. It, it kind of just looks like that all the time. It's kind of depressing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so another easy question. What was the last song you listened to?
1: Uh... Actually, it's funny. I just posted it on Instagram because I call up my buddy for not liking country. It was uh, asking for a friend. I, I don't know. I'm, I might get haters for country music, but like, uh, yeah, asking for a friend by – I'm going to look at this picture – Devin Dawson.
0: Okay.
1: Usually my morning routine is uh, like just throw on hot country shuffle, and I just worked for that. So did I did don't you- listen to country like, all the time, but like in the mornings, country is kind of soothing, lets me work a little easier.
0: So did you grow up in Alberta then?
1: Uh, yeah, I split time between Saskatchewan and Alberta, so, like, okay. really. But I'm well, uh, means- mostly in the Edmonton area, St. Albert.
0: Well, the, the country music makes sense, because, like, I just feel like everybody on that side, like, in the middle of Canada, it's, like, all country music. I feel like the
1: Texas of, of Canada, sort of, like, not full-on Texas, but, <laughs> yeah. like, just enough. Well, there's a lot of trucks here, so, I mean, if you haven't four by 4 you're kind of like not a real. I don't. Know, maybe I don't. Know my viewpoints on that, but I did listen to country, and I know a lot of people that do. That being said, a lot of people don't like it, so I'm not, they're like hateful about it too. Like what? <laughs> I'm hateful. Super hateful.
0: I don't know. Like I'm not a big fan of country. That's probably the last thing I'd ever listen to. But I appreciate like artists that make music that do well. But I will never like work out to country. <laughs>
1: I, it's because, as I did it yesterday, I only use country to work out if I need to, like, calm down or focus. Because, like, you're right. Like, you can't do anything, like, outstanding to country music. Like, I think there has to be some sides to that. <laughs> Nothing outstanding or strong is happening to country.
0: Yeah. Um, so the other easy question, out in Edmonton where you are, what's the thing to do? <laughs> 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 mall, mall.
1: My, my joke is like every time we have our podcast and we have people on there they're like yeah like see you around maybe we'll be there I'm like yeah there's nothing to do in Edmonton and I, Edmonton's beautiful and like we have a river valley but honestly like West Edmonton if you're here traveling it'd be West Edmonton mall I have nothing great to say it's a city that's like average
0: Jeez.
1: With, oh boy there's are you honestly okay that's I switched my answer our stadium like, the new one we built for the Oilers is freaking unbelievable, and it's, like, a sight to see. Plus, the Oilers are awesome. There but you go. that one would be, like, because it's right in the downtown, and it, it was, it's the newest arena built, I think, to right now. It's, like, it's insane.
0: Sweet. Yeah, I remember when uh, Dean Somerset came out to Vancouver to do that um, seminar with Tony at my yeah. gym, and uh, I picked him up from the airport. I'm like, yeah, so, like, what, what's there to do to Edmonton? And literally, the whole car ride was him, like convincing me that Edmonton was better than Vancouver. I'm like, um hey. <laughs> he was just like, "Oh, you know, like it's so much cheaper. There's so much room for land if you wanted to buy a place." I'm like, "Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's
1: that's that's true, but I don't know if like like if money wasn't an issue, like if you're trying to convince someone to come to Edmonton, it's not like, oh, the, it's, the living is cheaper. Like, if, if if all things were the same, like, Vancouver's way better. <laughs> like, I can say that easily, except for the rain, but, like, yeah, we've been down there for a seminar, again, with Somatic Senses, for the DNS one, with Dean, and, like, there's so much stuff to do. Yeah, definitely. We couldn't even do anything, because there was so much, so we just did a few things. Like, Edmonton, it would be like, well, you got to hit them all up, and then, I don't know, like... We have we have good restaurants downtown. Like I don't know, no, <laughs> no. I can't, I can't convince you. I'm not Dean. Dean Dean just loves Edmonton. I guess. <laughs>
0: um, like what what's the restaurant scene in Edmonton? Like is it pretty diverse in ethnicities or? Yes. I, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm not going to compare it to
1: Vancouver because Vancouver just is, is insane. But um, lately with our downtown being kind of revamped and then White Ave kind of going through another revamp is we have a lot of options, I guess. And a lot of uh, I don't want to call them. I'm not really into the restaurant scenes. I don't know what they would call. But we have like a lot of like small places that kind of have their own like mixture of flavors and shit and then they just have like these unique restaurants so I'm sure that's no different than everywhere else but we have a lot of smaller places popping up that have unreal food nice. but I'm not a foodie so like I know that I don't know my opinion very bad <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you like what it is that's good about it it's just different
0: oh fair enough um so get this thing started can you tell the audience who you are what you do and how did you get into this industry in the first place I don't know I have a I'm being
1: guido or Guido. Uh, basically, right now, what I'm doing is I'm a personal trainer in Edmonton. I have a background in teaching. So oddly enough, I was I'm like probably new to this industry maybe like two years, and I say industry in terms of a personal trainer. I've been training for about two years, but I've I've been teaching um, after university. I was a university football player. Uh, I went right into powerlifting. So that was my entrance into, I guess, strength conditioning was football training and then powerlifting at a fairly high level. And then I became a teacher. So I was teaching for four or five years, and then I just knew I needed to make a change. So I literally just found a way to transition into the training. So I went back into the sub pool, and I just worked both jobs till I could drop one, and I became a trainer just out of pure... I don't want to call it like fade or whatever, but like, I just knew where I was going. I wasn't extremely, I wasn't as happy as I could be. And I knew what I liked. Like I always liked lifting weights, being athletic. I was obviously a teacher, so like teaching people. But when you get into training, I took it as a teaching gig that I would teach people with things that they pay you to do. They want to be there. And it's like exactly what I want to teach. So I was like, I just had to do it. And it's a weird route because most people will say like I had a good career, like I'm making lots of money, I have stability. Um, everyone would say I'm a leader in the the world because I'm a teacher, I'm teaching kids. And I just knew I needed to do something else. And I'm not going to trash personal training, but on the surface level, people were like thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I why do you want to be a trainer? Like, you're going to like, what's training? And I I knew that. I needed to take an approach where I approached like teaching and like my football and everything before where like I was going to be all in. I need to make something of it. And I just basically convinced everyone like I'm going to make a career out of it. I'm going to do – kind of put that effort into it to not just be that cliche personal trainer that's 21 years old and is out in five years working at a bar or doing something else. And I just didn't want to do that because I've been there and I've been – in another world where like i'm a business professional and i just took that mentality and put it into training and just went full speed ahead that's my like rant and i <laughs> talk really fast but long story short i was a teacher and now i'm a trainer and nice. i was a player and a power lifter sweet
0: there you go yeah like it, it's interesting because like with the personal training industry it's so still really really young and like I I don't even know any trainers that are retired like we haven't even got to that point yet so a lot of people kind of look at it like uh, it's kind of like a side gig or whatever right and hopefully down the road it'll be more of a profession for people to like you know get to but I don't know
1: and that's just it it's it's, I think that we don't see people retiring because it's like Um, And I I started weird because I didn't go to the the commercial gym setting. Like I went right to a private gym with some people that were opening up a gym and then they liked my expertise in the area that I was in. And then I kind of built my career there, um, joining up with a few people. So I went a different route, but I know personal trainers just through like my experience who like were young, they're doing it in school as a side gig. And then like they're out as fast as they're in. And then the people who are longstanding in the industry, um, just based on social media and all that stuff, they're not popular, right? And then the people that are popular are just, like, those coaches, like, when people think personal training, they don't think you're Dean Summersets and Tony Cores and Eric Cressy's. Like, most people don't know who that is if you're, like, yeah. a, a general population. So, like, there's no big names of those people other than Jillian Michaels. And if you're not Jillian Michaels, you're just a trainer. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's weird because the public perception is different than the perception of the people that are in the industry and have been there for a while. And I think that um, unless you're there, it's hard to understand kind of the industry you're in because it's easy to explain to people what a teacher or doctor is because everyone has that assumption on what that career is and the assumption of a personal trainer generally isn't positive. I'm not going to say it's not that positive. It's just not a viable option for most people. Like they see it as like that side gig job you're asking. But there's a huge scale of opportunity within the personal training um, title and people don't see that, I guess.
0: No, you're right, and I think, like, now that we have so many more different, like, certifications, like, we can almost build the quality of coaches now, but um, well, I'm kind of curious, like, why do you think a lot of coaches that start in the industry, like, after the year, one year into it, they're like, oh, this is not for me, I'm just going to drop off because, like, I'm not making enough money, I have to work split shifts, and this sucks.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's, the, the, there's two answers to that question. i say the first one is, I guess it depends on age and life experience, but like and maybe that's our generation i'm 30 but people expect a lot out of it like they expect when they get out of their university or when they get into a job everything's just going to come to them and ends up being a lot more work because it's more entrepreneurial in the sense that things like i'll use teaching for example because that was me you become a teacher you got to grind and get your shifts but like really there's a job there and like the job isn't changing much like you teach people you come in you have summers off um. There's a lot of work behind it. But with personal training, it's a lot of self-starting. And not everyone's built for that. And you got to really, really like what you're doing to kind of put that effort. And I think that a lot of people distinguish themselves in the industry long term based on if they're truly passionate about what they do. And not even necessarily helping people. They just got to like the work. Um, and then the other end of that would be... Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh,
0: So, it was. what was the question? Damn it. It's all good, but I was going to add to it because the reason, like, I think with all the coaches that want to get into the industry, but then they're like, oh, this is not for me, they kind of don't put their heart and soul to it. Because anytime I get a new client, I always ask, like, have you had a coach before? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, why aren't you with them right now? And it's usually because of, like, a bad experience or, like, the coach was kind of lazy because, they would come in and kind of talk to the client and be on their phone at the same time and not really pay attention to them. And in my head, I'm like, fuck, these people are making the industry worse. So now that's kind of like plastered everywhere that a trainer is kind of like, oh, you wear sweatpants all day and you're just like laid back. And this bugs me.
1: Well, and that that goes to the barrier of entry. And like just even to go back to my last point is um, they think they're going to make lots of money. So yeah. they think because they st- – if, if you're into fitness or into like powerlifting or strength training or whatever, you see the top, people are like, yeah, that's going to be me, and that's not the truth. So that's just the realization of what the industry actually is and the grind that it takes to get there. The realization of that's going to put a lot of people off and they'll quit. But with that, barrier entry is also really, really easy. Like, even looking at my experience, I just went and got CanFit Pro. I was like, wow. I'm a full-on teacher. I have lots of experience. I know I'm going to be good at this. I've coached football. I've been head coach. Like I have skills that I can translate. And it was easy for me to get in. i take a weekend course, study my ass off. Like, you still have to study, but, like, if you have any remnants of a brain, you could probably put the work in and get a, in a certification. But that certifies you to take a test. That doesn't certify you to do shit in, in terms of training. Because <laughs> yeah. I went to university, and, again, I don't know your background, but I went to the university for a teacher. And, like, I could say it, right now I probably didn't learn very much. Because I was just trying to pass tests, I didn't learn anything until my first year. Really, like once you're in there, you actually learn what teaching is. Because it's easy to read about you should treat a client like this and this and this and this, and it doesn't prepare you for like an actual in-person experience with someone, and how they learn and and what's expected of you and and kind of what the process and timeline are for those types of skills. And it, it literally takes a lot of time. And as a trainer you get your certification and you're like thrown right in. Like people are paying you because the, the scale of rate isn't very different from good to bad. Like really you're paying between in Canada sixty and hundred bucks. So people are giving you real money and they're expecting you to be top end and, and coming right out of the shoot, like you're not gonna be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's who gives you a bad name because they they are lumped in with let's use you for example, someone who's new out of their training is gonna be training the same people if you guys are in the same gym. Someone might go to you, someone might go to them. They're going to get a vastly different experience. They're going to get, they're going to pay the same amount. And that does um, add to the problem, I'd say.
0: Yeah, like there's like a good example is like anybody can just go on their Instagram and put their handle as online trainer, <laughs> have like no certification, no nothing, but because they like lifting weights, now they're a trainer. And oh, yeah. even if you go down to like, say, if you get your kinesiology degree, Like I remember at my old gym where we would, you know, interview all these uh, kin students and we actually gave them like a little exam. It's like show us a hip hinge movement and they didn't even know what that was. And I'm like, fuck, like even our degree programs need to like step it up with what happens in the real world. Completely. And that that goes to the whole like – and I've had this discussion lots with
1: my business partner, Anthony, is just like the show is not knowing – like stuff like you can know what a hip hinge is you can know what activates your hamstrings blah 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 blah, but it's actually getting someone to do it and that is that's the skill of training like there's the programming and all that but a lot of that stuff doesn't matter if you can't take what's in your brain and put it in a form and a package in which they can understand and do and i mean like you can tell someone to do a squat yeah bend your knees and go down and like there's a lot of problem solving because what if that doesn't work now what? And I think that people realize how hard it is, A on themselves, because like you said, a kinesiology student doesn't know a hip hinges, probably can't even do one. There's that aspect of it. Then you gotta demonstrate it to someone and then you gotta get someone to do it. And that you can't teach that in a textbook. You can't even teach that in, in a kinesiology course, like without any actual practical coaching. Because you gotta work through shit. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I I think, like, uh, because I had an intern, and I took her through a mentorship, and I was, like, thinking to myself, like, what can I teach her that's going to be, like, super beneficial, and I kind of thought back to when I first started, and I'm, like, I wish I knew every single progression and regression of every single exercise, and then for, like, four months, we literally went through every single exercise I could think of, and it's progression and regression, and we formed this, like, huge-ass long list of exercises, Went through each single one of them, how to coach it, how to troubleshoot it, how to like look for certain things, and I'm like, fuck, this is what coaches should be learning.
1: Well, and and exactly, and but how do you package that in a way? And I think that, am I can't really comment on it because I'm not going to do it, but like there has to be a better way to I guess package that for people to be good right out of the gate. Um, someone that I've been following lately, uh, I think it's Lindsay Hendricks. Anyway, she's out of kind of the like do you know pat davidson
0: i've heard of the name
1: anyways long story short they're in a different realm of coaching so they kind of are deep into pri and like lifting mechanics and biomechanics anyways she has a studio where she trains people and she's getting them right into like all like the the actual coaching stuff so it's not a school about like learning the muscles like they learn about that but she teaches them how to coach people the right way and like the trouble they go through that process you're talking about and i think that's more valuable because you can know how to do a lot of this stuff but you have to know how to coach the regressions progressions the differentiating factors between those and then just troubleshooting I think most of our job is actually troubleshooting outside of making people feel good about themselves 100%
0: Um, I also wanted to go back and like ask you what led you to become a teacher in the first place? Like, what was going inside your head and at the time of your life well, that you're like, I want to become a teacher? Well, this is easy. It has nothing to do with me wanting to help kids, man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I, I like that. I try, I don't know, on our podcast, I just, like, my biggest rants have to do with people that are fake and like, the business coaching. And, like Yeah. Uh, this to help people, and, like, I get it, but mine was literally, like, I was playing college football. I did shitty in high school like i had like a 65 average and at the nice. time it's easier to get in the university i needed 68 to get into native studies or recreation so i like went back to school took the ed got a 95 bumped my average to i think like 70 or 60 i don't know got in the university i was like sweet now i can play football because i had a year off hated my job like i worked at sport mart and best buy and i was like <laughs> i'm not i'm not doing this and i was like two weeks away from becoming a plumber. And I was like, I don't want to work. I'm going to school. Like, I love this football thing. I have a shot. I can make the team. So I just did that. So I got into school, and then I had two injuries that kind of put me out for a year. So I had just basically more eligibility. So I need to stay in school. Like, I'm done my four-year degree. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, what do I do? So it was like, well, I like coaching. So, like, I'm an athlete. I, I played football, and I, in my practicum and my recreation degree, I – I worked at a strength and training facility, like, with athletes and, like, professional athletes doing a lot of football stuff. So I liked the coaching aspect, and I did like coaching football. So I was like, sweet, that's like teaching. Um, How can I stay in school and get into teaching? So I literally just applied, got in, so I could play out my last two years. And then, like, you're 24 years old. You put all this investment into football, and I didn't make pro. So I was ranked, didn't get drafted. Okay, sweet, next step would be, like, well, I got to get a job. And it's one of those things where I spent all this time and investment being a teacher And that sunk cost almost, like, made me need to do it. And then kind of when I got into it was just, like, it wasn't what I expected. But the reason why was literally just to play football longer and because I thought it would be more or less like coaching. And it is and it isn't. (laughs) So I'm, like, not that
0: altruistic person who just wants to help the
1: world. Like, I literally just wanted to play football longer.
0: And not work. That, that, that's like that's completely fine because i remember when i was in high school i had a couple like football coaches that were like literally in the same boat as you and they're like oh i guess this teaching thing will do for now yeah and it was just like like if you imagine like, i don't
1: know everyone kind of goes through that i guess journey but like when you're like as an athlete like everything was just structured for me like you show up here you train here you go to school you keep your marks you play football life was pretty easy and structured and then when you get out like when that doesn't continue to be an athlete so when you don't make pro like that stops and now you're like shit what do i do like i didn't really i like i was naive enough to, like, i had two plans like i was gonna work but i was naive enough to think like i had a shot and like i didn't not have a shot but like if, if that doesn't happen like now what and it was kind of just slapped on you and and i don't know it's it's just like how do you know what you're supposed to do so it was just pick what pick what's easiest and then see what, like throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And it definitely didn't stick.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but another good question would be like now with that experience of you being a teacher, like does that translate at all to how you coach your clients or anything else in life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That That's the silver lining. The whole thing is that when you go through teaching and like I learned, I, I
0: bash saying I didn't
1: learn anything. Like I learned stuff about teaching and dealing with people and the psychology behind it. Um, but the actual experience of being in front of people, being in front of a lot of people speaking, uh, basically problem solving, like when you have kids that don't understand or don't learn or they all learn differently, like it's hard and you kind of have to differentiate how you teach people, you have to plan, you have to do all these things that like literally make training feel like a joke. Because even if you have a group, like, there's not that many variables. Like, if you have one person, there's not that many variables. So it was almost like I could take all those skills that I learned. Like, you're just getting smashed in the head with stuff all day as a teacher. So, I mean, like, the, the stress levels are, up, like, huge. And then on top of that, you're you're putting out fires all day. So, like, training was, like, literally, like, the easiest thing ever after doing teaching. And, and imagine being in a job where... I'm not going to say most people, but like they're forced to go to school. <laughs> like You're forced to put things in their brain that they don't necessarily like, and you got to make them like it. You don't have to do that with training. You just show up, and they give you money to do that. Like It's insane. So, yeah. yes, it helped me in the sense that I learned how to put out fires. I learned how to think on my toes. I learned how to come up with things and words in my mouth like off the cuff, and I think that that allowed me to problem-solve in real time a lot faster as a trainer when I got into industry So stuff happened really fast. So it almost just was a catalyst to my learning the second I stepped outside of it because I already had the foundation. It was just adding a a few pieces to the puzzle and then I just kind of took off.
0: No, fair enough. That makes sense. Um, Totally random, but I've been kind of talking about this with a couple other people and I kind of want your opinion about it. Um, (laughs) um, With coaches, do you feel like a coach has to be super fit in order to coach other people like it's such an open-ended question but i like hearing other people's opinion about it
1: yeah and like i usually take flack for like i understand so i'll just say straight up like i think that if you're in the personal training industry and you're in fitness and nutrition and all that stuff like in order to, to make the most change and to make the most people buy in i do think that you need to have like you need to be in shape you need to practice what you preach for an overall impact like as a consumer i know that i put more faith in people that look the part and also act the part so there's two things like there's people who just look good but it's that whole idea of if someone's telling me to set my goals and make do mindfulness practice only shit like they better damn well like be doing it and i guess it's easy for me to say because i was just always doing it but I do think that that's an important aspect just because if you're asking people to run through a wall for you and trust you and do all these things, like, I need to know that you did it. And, I mean, everyone kind of has those ups and downs. I think that that's cool. But if if you're, like, super out of shape, like, I, I just don't like it. Like, I wouldn't put my money on someone who's, like, extremely out of shape. Now, there's a difference between, like, super lean and super out of shape. But you've got to be somewhere on the scale of, like, working towards – something physical does that make sense
0: yeah like i I just because like how we were talking earlier about how easy it is to get into the industry i'm starting to see like a lot of people on my facebook just like oh there's this online course that i can take to become a trainer and you know maybe they are not the best like best shape that they could be in but in my head, it's like if you're going to be a trainer, you should be at least able to do what you're asking your client to do. Like if you want your client to run a half marathon, you should be able to run a half marathon if you had to.
1: Yeah, and like it goes back to – I don't even know if we talked about this. Maybe it's just because I just had a conversation with Lee Boyce yesterday on our podcast. But there's a there's a lot of people slinging a lot of shit on Instagram and Facebook that look good. And they don't know jack shit about training, and you're fighting that battle. So you're gonna get into the ring with some dude that knows nothing, but he looks better than you, and he can market better than you. And I guess if you're gonna, make. and that goes back to the whole like, if you really want to make an impact in this industry, like, I think that that just comes with the territory. So like, do you have to? No. Like, you can change people's lives and be out of shape and not practice what you preach. Like, totally believe people could do that. I just don't think that your brain's in the right place to, like, do better that way. Like, if you're not in here to be good at your job, and that comes with practicing what you preach, I just don't think it's the right place for you. Now, I agree you can make change, and that's usually the argument. Is like, I've helped so many people, blah, 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 blah. But you're fighting an uphill battle with a lot of the shit out there, and I, I wouldn't get into the ring not in shape, I'll tell you that much.
0: No, oh, fair enough. And I think, like, as a client, like, you almost have to – Evaluate what coach you're gonna, you know, hire because like you can go on Instagram and find a coach that he only posts shirtless selfies and every single photo is like shirtless selfies and it's like uh, maybe they won't really be able to connect with you if they're so obsessed with their own body. Well, but at the same time, I think that there's a lot of like a
1: lot of that stuff. Those people are smarter than people give them credit for because they understand basic human psychology in the sense that like people want, and I say people want the easy fix, not everyone does, but you're naturally going to go the easiest route. And if you don't know what you're getting into, like you're not informed on what actually is involved with losing weight and getting in shape, like you're going to go for the easiest thing that looks like what you want to be. And I think that that's where they win that battle. I'm not going to say a hundred percent of the time, but like, it's really hard to ask people to go do the back end work to find the right trainer. Cause most people won't do the research. Like a lot of people will walk into the first gym that's closest to them or the first one that popped up on Google, and, like, you just got to be better if if that's truly what you want to be. If you really want to be in this industry and good at your job, you kind of got to gotta fight that battle. You, don't show up to a gunfight with a knife or, like, bare fists. <laughs> yeah. Or gun with bullets. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, does that make sense? Like, I yeah. think that they just understand. That's basic human psychology, and I, I guess, like, yeah, I don't know. That's my I'm not like totally mean about it though. Like <laughs> I totally respect people who don't. It's just like I personally don't want to be that person.
0: Yeah. I think a person who does a really good job marketing, you know, the aesthetics to you know, dudes in their like early twenties is I can't remember his name anymore, but I talked to Lee Boyce about this like probably a yeah. year ago. Is the dude who created the Kino body. Like he markets that so well, like like, yeah, being shirtless, being super jacked, yep. like, big mansion, nice car, lots of ladies. So he's definitely selling his program, like, crazy to any early 20-year-old that wants to have that lifestyle. It, it, the, and, I get, I, and that
1: works, right? Like, and we know it works. It's just, like, if I'm looking at my – like, even if you were to go do that or I were to go do that, I don't think I'd be very fulfilled. Like, yeah, you'd have money, but, like, it's so surface level that, like, you're just not – maybe he's good at his job but like you're just not i don't know i don't know <laughs> it doesn't seem that fulfilling to like lie to people
0: I, I know what you mean like there, there's a fine line like it's really easy to i don't know if you call it like selling out but yeah, at the true. same time it's like i rather like sincerely help someone like i i would feel so much better where you know someone like i i get this on my podcast like people will message me and be like oh my god like your solo episode about binge eating like really really helped me like Hmm. that makes me feel really good rather than all right i made another 20 bucks on this product right where someone will just buy it look at it and probably not even do it fully well and that goes to like
1: just personal like i said i got into training and teaching like personally for myself. And if I'm doing the work day to day, like I just can't see making like a video on Instagram or a bunch of stories and like get in right now. Like there's only five spots left and like, do you see my car and stuff? Like it just wouldn't, it wouldn't feel like I wouldn't want to do that day to day. So like it goes to saying like you're doing your podcast and like you probably like doing your podcast, like you're not doing it to just sling bullshit. So like you're living an actual life that's happy. And I think that that produces results maybe not on the same level as we'll call it selling out, but I would just personally rather do it my way because then I'm just, I feel better about my life. And I think that you can say cliche, money's not everything, but at the same time, like, I get really stressed out if I start doing things that are not against my, kind of against my character, but just not the things I want to do. It just stresses me out. So I just don't do them anymore. And I think the more I've done that, the more successful and the better I've been at networking and people kind of gravitate towards that and then you have a group of people or clients that are kind of situated around you doing stuff that you like not doing the other shit so like if you're selling out on with your cars and girls and like you're selling lots of programs you're also attracting people that aren't that are attracted to that and if you're not that person like if you're that person, sweet like you know what you just made money like acting like a pimp but if you're not that person that's got to be pretty stressful just in general to like live that life and we'll call it a lie but to live that day to day, like it just doesn't seem very fun.
0: Yeah, I think if you kind of keep true to yourself, other people can actually like feel that and see that through whatever you're posting online. And like, I sincerely like just want to help as many people as possible. And anytime like someone adds me on Facebook because of my podcast or Instagram and they message me, they're hmm. always like surprised I'm messaging them back. And I'm like, why, <laughs> why wouldn't I? And they usually had like a bad experience with somebody else in the industry or some other health fitness person. They're like, yeah, they. Never would like email me back and I'm like, well, that's just stupid. Like, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Right? Like, I will do as much as I can. I'll never say no to helping another person. And I will like literally go to like extents that you won't believe if someone was really, really like struggling. And I just think like the more good you put out eventually they'll come back like I totally believe in karma hmm. and like my wife always gets mad that I'm like helping <laughs> others like succeed faster than myself but I'm like honestly I just want to help so eventually I will get my day but i rather do that than hey I got this sweet six-pack program that you should buy And there's only uh, 10 spots and doing the (laughs) YouTube videos of like, oh, I'm just here with my Ferrari. (laughs) But that's the model that's presented
1: like even as fitness professionals and and it's easy to get in and it's easy to do. But like that's generally the model. And like a good story that I would kind of say personally is Jordan Syatt, lots of good information. Jordan's awesome. We has a podcast. But he basically did that Instagram model where he did the infographics and stuff and Carter Good blew up. But that was their way of doing it. And then that became the norm for people to do. But I I did it. It worked. Like I had a bunch of Spider-Man and Batman infographics. But I just didn't like that way of doing stuff just because it wasn't me. And if you kind of sign into like the cookie-cutter way of doing things, you end up running the risk of – doing things that are against how you would do stuff. So you would go out of your way to message people back. And then some people, like, literally that stresses them out. And I think that the differentiating products that are out there in terms of personal training businesses is a reflection of who you are. And then if you sign on to someone else's model, you're just building someone else's model. And I don't think that that's going to get the best product as an individual trainer if I was going to give advice. So, like, I've been there and I just didn't like it. But it goes to this saying, I bet there's some people that love marketing. They love tricking tricking they love getting people to like buy into their stuff like they get a rush from it and you know what like all the power to them i don't like it i don't like the practice but people who can do that and love doing that like all the power to them it's just not me and you got to kind of do you and it might not be as successful and it might not make that much money but at least you fucking can sleep
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah yeah um so another thing i wanted to bring up was like empathy so like I think you posted this on your Instagram because I was, like, scrolling through and totally creeping on you. But you kind of had a bunch of different photos of different years of how your body looked over the years. Yeah. And, like, you're you're basically just really freaking fit, like, your whole life. And this topic's been brought up a bunch of times. But, you know, as, like, a fit individual for almost, like, your whole life, hmm. um, how do you, you know, connect to someone that's been overweight and struggling constantly in their life like how do you connect with someone who you know you might have not had the same experience?
1: Well and I'll preface that by like saying it kind of goes back to what we're talking about is just being yourself and I think people can see see that as opposed to you, you sing shit and a lot of that comes with it goes to the term empathy but it's being aware of of what your feelings were in those moments or at least reflecting on your life and going through that and I think that everyone at some point will go through a journey of, self-awareness or mindfulness or whatever it is but understanding why you are the way you are how you got to where you're at and then kind of i guess working through shit and understanding what that is and then taking those universal concepts and everyone's going to live a different life but everyone's going to feel like the things they experienced is painful or not painful or happy or whatever like it's the worst thing or best thing in the world because it's them and you can empathize with people based on your experience You just translate it in terms that they would understand. So I never struggled with weight, really, other than after football. um, I just ate like an asshole because I was an athlete. I was always skinny, and then that didn't work when I wasn't playing football all the time. But I got back on track really fast. But I had struggles with injuries, uh, stuff being taken away from me. Like, I thought my career was done. I'm crying. Like, my career is over. I'm not going to go to school, blah, blah, blah. I've had stuff that's painful to me. And... I just literally converse with people in a way in which I just tell them my story and say, I felt these things and I can understand, but I might not fully understand, but I think that people can relate to pain and struggle. And if you're not an asshole and you can kind of talk to them like adults, you don't necessarily need to understand their weight loss struggle to understand struggle, but it's, I guess, how you package it and who you are as a person and how you interact with people. Um, And that might be my teaching background because... Ideal deal with kids with troubled youths, and, like, I didn't have that, but I can still listen and empathize and understand where they're coming from enough that they trust me. And I think that that's a skill you kind of have to, I don't want to say learn, because you, you can kind of learn it, but you have to just be, I guess, honest with yourself and just be reflectful and reflect. Is that even a word? <laughs> Who cares? Does, does, that does that make sense? So just, yeah. I just went through my shit and understood it, and then I'm just an open book with people. And that goes back to the thinking on my toes is like, I can listen to someone's experience and then I can come up with stuff just because I'm not hiding anything. And I think that when people see that and you're not slinging shit to them, they're more likely to open up. And it doesn't have to be about their struggle. Now, I understand people want someone who is kind of their avatar. And I'm not always going to be that person for those people, but I can be what I am, and hopefully I attract those people. And, and it, it's been successful so far. Like, most of my clients are 25 to 40-year-old women who, who want to be strong and, and lose a bit of weight. So, I mean, like, that's not who I am, but I just get along with people, and maybe that's just my skill. I don't know.
0: No, that makes sense. And I think another good question is, like, do you think you could teach someone how to be more empathetic? Or is it more of a, you know, you get self-aware enough where you're like, oh, shit, I am an asshole, maybe I need to change.
1: Well, and I've toyed with this because, like, this goes back to scope of practice in psychology and you can learn all this shit on your own. But it goes back to there is a process of I think you can teach someone, but I don't think that you can bias someone. So, And what that means is in my head um, – you deal with people, I've dealt with people. I've taught lots of people. Like, I know shit when it's when it's happening and what's wrong. Usually I can pinpoint people's problems. Like, I'm not going to say I can tell the future, but I kind of know-ish and around the realm of what's going on because I've seen it all. But you can't bias them to feel the feelings that you think is the problem. You have to get them to understand themselves and start asking themselves questions. And I think a lot of my posts have to do with just my self-reflections of my own shit. But at the end of everything, I put question everything or have a beginner mindset. And to me, that means getting people to just question the norms, question the heuristics, like question what their brain's telling them. Because if you start working through your stuff, it's all about just, it is self-awareness, but it's just questioning all the things that are happening and then understanding it and then making logical choices after that. So an example would be people get pissed off in traffic, they start screaming, hitting on the wheel, and they're fucking stressed, they can't breathe, they get to the workout of shit but like why are they stressed out about traffic and it's not about the guy who cut them off and it's just like if they take time to think and you give them a practice in which they can slow things down and understand and logically think through things they're probably less likely to make a lot of those choices that they're making and so yes i think it can be taught but i i don't think it can be forced and people have to be ready and we're lucky in the sense that we're in the training industry which people are generally coming for something A lot of it's about their body or their strength. So they're coming in with a – I'm not going to say a problem, but they're coming in with a goal that they have realized that they can't necessarily do on their own. So, yeah, I think you could teach them. It's just they have to be ready. You can't bias it. So a lot of people want to put their shit on
0: people, and I think that that's fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And I think that's a good place to end. So very last question, where can people find you online? What projects do you have coming out? And anything else you want to plug on my show, you can do it right now. Sweet. I can't believe we talked for that long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny enough,
1: Peter Baker was on there asking questions when you're on the e train progress, like asking yeah. why did it take so long to get a website. It just did, but it's engineeredperformance.ca. So my business partner, Anthony Harder and I, um, we have a private studio and we do all of our training stuff and our methodology and our blogs through that. Um, Another thing would be, I guess the only projects we have coming up would just to be mentioned the Stronger You Fitness. So um, we joined up with Mike Dolo and Michael Lessie at Stronger You Nutrition. And in the coming months, we're going to be opening up Stronger You Fitness, which is going to be at the start, just online group training with basically mentorship attached to it to teach people about all the things that are in our brains and put it in a way in which people can understand without the price point of a personal trainer so that's kind of coming out probably like late september early october but that's pretty much my biggest project and just get in touch with me on facebook dean guido or guido and instagram at guido.power or guido.power that's usually where i hang out i I respond the messages i'm on my phone way too much
0: yeah Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right. So that's going to wrap up episode 166 with Dean Guido. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. And again, I'm going to say this at the end of every single episode. Share, share, share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Radio, uh, Google Play, and anywhere else you uh, listen to your podcasts, so then you can get notified anytime i upload a new episode if you want to reach out feel free to email me add me on facebook instagram say hello because i'm going to message you and see how you're doing and figure out a way i can help you in your fitness and health journey and that is it for me Enjoy your day, and I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health and random facts on the internet.